Hello and welcome to the Believe Crew podcast. The business is you. I'm Jamie White, founder of Believe Crew and your host. Let's jump right in. I am excited to dig in today with Jamar Jones and learn more about the book that he wrote, the company he's running, and really what's happening behind the scenes sometimes, you know, as an entrepreneur, what it's really like, not just the what it looks like. So Jamar, can you tell us a little bit about who you are, the company that you're running, and some of the some of the story behind it? Yeah, so I am a founder. Uh, of Forever Media. I'm also a national speaker and then the author of the book, Change Your Circle, Change Your Life. I tell people I'm just naturally a creator and a connector. That's just, if you had to boil it down into those two words, that's what I, that's what I do every single day. And really what our company really does is we're a branding and media agency where we connect others to diverse communities um, in very entertaining and engaging ways. So we do that through podcasting, social media, events, branding, strategic partnerships, um, all different types of activations, but it's all around how to create something um, engaging, entertaining, and having that communication really be um, relatable and something that people can really actually understand and, and get past the kind of the the blandness that it, that happens a lot of times with, with companies. Also, we do a very large event called Lead the Movement Business Conference that we did at the Pfizer Forum in Milwaukee, Wisconsin last year. And this uh, this year, 2023, we're going to be doing it on the Summerfest grounds in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So really looking forward to making that official announcement and getting that out there. It's going to be bigger, better, badder. I mean, everything is, <laughs> we're amplifying it on all cylinders. That's absolutely amazing. And I love going back to what you said about being a creator and a connector. And even the way that you said that, like I am, you're stepping into it fully. And I know that most of us are creators and connectors, but we haven't acknowledged it and stepped into it. So major kudos (laughs) for that. And then in the, in the Summerfest thing, how did you end up deciding that this is a, this is for you? This is your calling. Yeah. You know, somebody just, you know, asked me that question because I've been doing a lot of just soul searching lately. I'm I'm very good at just, you know, looking at myself from kind of an outside perspective and just trying to really hone in. And so with the conference, it, I really wanted to showcase what we were about and, and create an experience, but also have something that had just a huge community impact that was totally different than a lot of these kind of lower scale events that happen, especially in the Midwest and especially in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It's just, we kind of have our staple events and we're really known for our festivals and fairs and stuff like that here. But when it came to business conferences, there's not a lot of big ones that were here. And you had to go to Chicago, go to Vegas, go to Mm -hmm. Florida, Texas, New York, I mean, et cetera, to get that experience. And I wanted to start that here and really breed innovation. So that was really my calling to showcase like who I was, what we're really capable of, and then just show, just connect with one another in a different and more exciting way. I love it. And you're right. That explains why I had to leave the state every time I needed to go to a conference. I'm like, I've been to Vegas 10 times. It's not my favorite place. I don't need to be back. But there, but, but then the next conference is there again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't escape it. I mean, once no. you're there and, and Vegas is like the pinnacle. I mean, that's like, the right. you know, that is the city of entertainment. So yeah, I mean, the, the, the experience um, and just doing something very innovative, the first time doing it was you know, last year was a, a huge challenge mm. because, you know, Milwaukee, 
they they like to hop on when when it's going, not when it's just getting started. And That's so, um, you know, I'm trying to change that narrative. And, you know, if people want to see this this conference kind of um, happen every single year, they got to come out. They got to support the companies need to show up and, wow. and engage in it. And so, you know, I'll do it once once more this year and we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're, so you're taking a risk as a business owner and you're saying this has not been done before. This is not proven. You know, like how often I've heard business consultants say things like, you know, we need to use proven metrics or we need to, like yeah. as visionaries, we're often doing things that haven't been done before and going places people haven't gone before. There's nothing yeah. proven about this. Yeah. And so I mean, the voices that get in our heads in those moments, like how often throughout the year do you have to pick yourself back up again? All the time. I mean, yeah. all the time. And I have, you know, certain metrics of a track record because the reason why I wasn't afraid of doing something so massive last year was because, you know, I, I come from a, a hip hop background. So I was a hip hop artist for about 11 years of my life. Uh, performing, opening up for major artists, T.I., Snoop Dogg, Keisha Cole, Common, Bone Thugs and Harmony, list goes on and on. I was doing hundreds of shows a year. And so, but I was also the promoter. I was the the event planner. I was you know, bringing out everybody there, booking the shows. So I already had done so many events all my life. So like just taking it up a notch was not a scary thing. But I would say that the support, when you take it up to that level, you do need, you have mm -hmm. to hit on the support because the, the price tag is higher. <laughs> right. Everything right. is, the risk is a lot higher. So everything has to hit. And I think we proved it last year. And then this year, now we're just going to just further just, you know, cement in the ground. Like this is here to stay. We just need people to come out and support. That's awesome. So in your ideal world, how many people would be there? Uh, our an anticipated attendance a thousand. That's awesome. Yeah. And how uh, does that compare to where you were at your first time? First time was 400. So if everybody brings a friend, it's 800, yeah. you know, yeah. a couple of new people, thousands, not out of, out of reach. It really yeah. isn't. And we lowered the ticket price by over 75%. So wow. there's no excuse. Uh, before it was like $199 starting and now it's 50 bucks to go. Wow. I mean, there's, there's no excuse. And so you're bringing an event to Milwaukee that is for business owners? Yeah. So for growing professionals, so people that want to grow their career. So leaders um, or managers nice. of people and entrepreneurs. And we're really starting to partner with a lot of schools to be able to get students to go there to learn, educate, but also to inform them about job opportunities that are going to be happening. So we have a career fair wow. that's new this year, just showcasing, hey, here are the companies, here's how to get engaged. And uh, we'll, have, we'll have a room set aside for pre-screening as well, pre-screened interviews, just to, mm -hmm. you know, if, if employers want to just have a quick conversation and say, hey, let's just gauge for five, 10 minutes. And if they want to continue, they, they schedule them right there on the spot. You're being a game changer and creating something completely new in an industry that's been like stuffy. <laughs> like, 100%. I love it. 100%. You're bringing entertainment to business. Let's do yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm all about. That's what I'm all about. So I want to go back to your book because yeah. tell us a little bit more about the story behind the book and really the, the mission and, and why you felt called to write that. Yeah. I, you know, for me, I've, I've, I really looked at my life and I was like, okay, how did I, how did I get here? Mm -hmm. And it was my ability to constantly change my circle. 
you know, again and again and again and meet these new people to give you different opportunities to kind of level up where you want to go in life. And so I wanted to write the book because everybody needs this. I mean, professional or personal, like you are always changing your circle. And if you're not, you're going to be stuck and very comfortable in your own spot or maybe very uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. um, depending on where you're at. And you need to know how to do this because you're going to have to, you're going to have to do this in some form or fashion. And the book is all about evaluating your current circle. And then how do you get on, get into new ones? The very first part about it is you have to really unlock your self-awareness. So you have to find out who you are, what you represent and what your tolerance level is, you know, Mm. set up your own barriers. You know, you have to gain control back of your life. And then you got to look at how you are, you know, your immediate circle, your friends, family, acquaintances, coworkers, you know, the people that you kind of see on a month to month basis and figure out who's adding to your life and who's subtracting to your life. Um, And then you have to say, hey, how do I get into these new circles? How do I get in to meet new people, meet new communities? And this has just been uh, an amazing journey with since releasing the book, because um, a lot of people have came up to me, especially after reading it. And just been like, this is, you know, because I have actionable steps in the book. Mm-hmm. Like it's, I have literally put in there, like, it's impossible. If you read this whole book, do the action steps, it's impossible. You cannot be in a space where you can't change your life. It's impossible. So I have a couple of things that I want to pull out of what you said. One yeah. of them was you talked about how in the beginning with awareness really also requires setting up some boundaries. How did you find that out? I, uh, <laughs> through necessity, <laughs> <laughs> I want to know what it looks like for someone else. Cause <laughs> I've been there. I'm there. <laughs> you know, like you get to a breaking point, you know, like that's, that's usually, that's usually the thing, you know, that's the trigger point where it's like, you get to a breaking point. Like I can't do this anymore I'm with done. you. <laughs> I can't I'm do done. this anymore. You know, I've, I've given my all, this is it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a couple, you know, just either friends, um, you know, just growing up where it's like, man, I can't give you this much anymore. You know, Mm -hmm. like your the expectations are here and I'm doing all I can and I never can reach those expectations. So like, I'm tired. (laughs) I'm tired. So I got to put up some barriers. I got to put up, I got to, I got to think about me. It's taking more emotional energy than you get. I mean, it's a, it's not a two, two way relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that, that emotion, like, I mean, that energy that, yeah, I call them vampires. They just drain your energy anytime. Like you you get a text message from them. You just like, you get that energy. Like it just sucks the life out of you where you're just like, man, how in the world do I deal with this? You know, I got to deal with this guy again. Um, and so So curious, Yeah. (laughs) did you block anyone in the process? No, no, I never, I never really block, you know, because you know, it's, it's my, I mean, I'd say this in the book that it, it's, it's up to you how you want right. to, how you want to put up your barriers. I don't really block because it's not, it's never that serious. We're like, you know, I got to block you. You, I'll right, let right. you know by my actions. <laughs> you <know? laughs> you're just going to be that, straight up clear yeah, that you're blocked. Yeah. You know, you're blocked yeah. here. You're blocked in my mind, you know, like, yeah. so if you keep hitting me up, I may mute your messages. You know, right, or, right, or something right. like that. But but to block somebody, you know, it's it doesn't really bother me that. Yeah. <laughs> so 
first part is awareness, creating these, these boundaries that are really recognizing who's in your growth list, who's in your maintenance list. Do you, do you ever get any kickback from anyone with the book on like, dude, isn't this a little bit mean or, you know, is there anything? Yeah. I mean, the, the one person said to me, like, this is a little, um, like too good to be true. Like there's gotta mm-hmm. be a harder, a harder way, you know, like this is not really sustainable in a way. Right. But, you know, everything, you know, you got to look at your life and say, it's all about the context, you know, the the background. I mean, obviously, I'm not in every single person's shoes. You know, there are extremes to every single scenario, you know, Mm -hmm. like is somebody in the middle of the desert trying to change their circle and they're lost and they have nobody out there. Yeah, it's going to be a little tougher for you to figure the figure this out. But, you know, as far as it being mean, it's it's about just putting yourself first and then doing it in the most healthy way possible. So, mm-hmm. you know, some people just need to be cut off. Mm-hmm. Like that's just the way it is. Some people do. But if it's a family member or somebody close to you where it's like maybe they're really reliant on you and if you cut them off, some dangerous implications can happen with that then it's probably not a good idea for you just to be like, man, Tony, I'm done with you. I'm going to cut you off. That's that's probably not smart. And I say, and I say all of this, and I try to articulate this in the mm-hmm. book, but you have to kind of take those steps. But what boundaries can you put in place where you just might not jump to every single interaction? Right. You know, just, just say, hey, okay, I'm going to just focus on me first, and then I'm going to you know, respond back to this. And because once you jump, they get that in that, that routine, that rhythm, and then they know that you're going to jump. So they're always hitting you up and they're always trying to pull you into their mess. And, you know, it's just about putting those boundaries and then you just kind of slowly inch those out and, and create bigger, bigger boundaries. But, you know, it's just like, you know, quitting something cold Turkey, you know, it's, it's, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, some people do it. Some people don't, it's not a good, it's not a good uh, decision. (laughs) Do you talk about anything about asking others or like how do you go about then changing your circle? Yeah, asking others is great. I mean, finding a mentor, finding positive influences in your life and and asking them your their honest feedback on what's going on is golden. Um as long as you can just, you know, shut up and listen. <laughs> <laughs> The trick, <laughs> the, the, the trick secret. Up listen, you know, like if you really respect this person's opinion, you know, it's not about the competition part about it. It's just about hearing somebody else's, you know, uh, perspective on on what you have going on, and then just take take that, you know, as you will, and just you know what you want to do is you want to be intentional about changing your circle. So you know, use the internet. How thing, you know, what groups, what connections can you make? Um, Social media, what uh, networking groups can you join? What kind of uh, communities can you be a part of? Facebook groups, uh, meetup.com. I mean, there's so tons of different outlets out there to figure out, you know, what the circles are, like how to get into those. But then first you have to kind of identify what circles you want to be in. So whatever Mm -hmm. your passions are, whatever you're trying to get into, if it's entrepreneurship or if it's, um, I want to be a better volleyball player. If I, hey, I just want positive influences in my life. Hey, you may hire a coach. You may hire, mm-hmm. you know, you may, you may just start to go to events, you know, where there's positivity brewing and you're just sitting there by yourself, but you're around the energy. You know, there's so many different ways to start 
just taking a step forward. And that's really all I want people to do is start taking that step forward and be intentional about it and then promote that you're doing it. You know, so once you're out there doing it, put it on social media and say, hey, I'm doing this because then people are going to correlate you with the thing that you're doing. And then you'd be shocked with people like, hey, man, I saw you at this thing. I didn't know you were a part of that. So let me, you know, come on by with me to the next thing. And next, thing you know, opportunities start start uh, showing up for you. I love it. It makes me think about when my husband and I had rentals. And as I said, had, you know, but when we first started, before we even were really into it, we joined a rental association and then it normalized the conversation. So the things that we Mm. thought were crazy, difficult, you know, couldn't figure out, this is normal conversation in their world. (laughs) Like normalize it. Yeah. And then inner deals are happening, you know, like if we want to sell them, we sell to the people in the community. If we want to buy, we buy from the people in the community. I mean, it's just a circle. I love the the normalize. I may take that. Normalize the the idea. Um, yeah. I, I love that because as, within business, like that's, you know, y- you finally sell something that's a thousand dollars and you're like, oh my God, like yeah. it's your first one. You're like, oh my God. And then I'll say like, man, I would just would dream to hit like 10K in one month. Like that just be a yeah. dream. Then you hit it and then you're like, oh my God, like 50 or a hundred, mm-hmm. like you keep pushing it. But if you're around the people that are doing it already, it becomes normal. Yes, And so it becomes more obtainable. It becomes more real. It becomes because you're feeling, you know, like, hey, this is, this is possible. And then you, your brain and all your actions start to change towards those goals. Um, so I love the normalizing the idea. I love that. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, I grew up in this real estate world. And so then I go to the rental association, it's totally normalized. And it wasn't until I took a step back and said, who am I completely that I realized I have no interest in being a landlord. It was so normal <laughs> in my world <laughs> that I didn't know I didn't even want to be one. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. like, we got this, you know, and then I'm like, wait, why am I a landlord? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's mm-hmm. funny. That's it's it's such a good lesson though, you know, because everything might not be for you, but you took a shot, you tried, and yeah. and and you learned from it, and then you pivoted. So it's 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 uh it's good. Not there's not a one way path mm-hmm. to in life. You're gonna be thrown around <laughs> all yeah. different things, and it's just about how you adapt, and then what's your passion about. What I would love for you to share with the audience is the story for when you were getting out on stages and something about a lot of doors. I don't remember the specifics, but you did not give up. I want to hear more. <laughs> I want to hear it again. So the, uh, are you talking about with me booking shows? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, oh my God. I mean, I was making hundreds of phone calls. So I used to also work in IT and I uh, was eight years in IT and I worked my way from a technician to an IT manager through the eight years, but every single time at lunch, I would go and I would go out and lunch and I would just start, I would have a hit list pre pre planned the day before. And I would just call, I would just call these venues, call these schools, call these, like all these places. And it was just, I guess got so many no's (laughs) like like gatekeepers, no's, you know, let me call you back, call us back in six months. Like just stupid stuff. I'm just like six months. Six <laughs> months. And I actually would write it down. I'd write it down. Okay. Call us place back six months. Keep it moving. But the goal was how many, how many uh, people could I get through before I had to go back to work? <laughs> go wow. back to work. I love it. And what was crazy is the, 
what changed everything for me is that I was doing that constantly. And then once I started to think about how I was actually getting in front of an audience and not making it all about me, that's when everything changed. So once I had my music really connected to a cause. So I connected to the American Cancer Society and then did four, uh, 50% of the proceeds to uh, cancer research. And that was a big thing for me because then I was reaching out to schools, talking to the activities, you know, director or president of the people that had an area about, you know, cancer. They were called Relay for Life at these, at these universities. And then they were ecstatic to talk to me because they're like, oh, you're going to help promote and push and be entertainment for our event? Like this, no one ever calls here. This is great. They're like, <laughs> this is fantastic. And it was a whole different experience than getting the, wow. the phone slammed in your face again and again and maybe getting a couple of like inches every every once in a while and maybe landing a gig. So that really helped change everything because once I got that first school and was able to perform, by the way, they paid, they paid for travel. Right. They, I mean, the whole thing, the whole thing was totally you were like, wait, different. what? Yeah. I'm like, I'm getting, I'm like, this is great. This is, and they, uh, in the, in the audience was right there. I'm, I was at the time I was really focused on students. Cause that at that time, college kids are the most susceptible to new things and they're able to take in new music. You know, a lot of the old heads, you know, they're not going to really change because they're like, I mean, even I'm even kind of getting like that now. I'm like, dude, this new music, man, I'm <laughs> back in the day, man, come on, you know, play, play some Usher, play some, you know, <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I'm starting to feel that way now. But, you know, at the time I was like, I got to get to a place where I, people can understand that, hey, this is new music and I'm, I'm going to take this in and I, this is cool. I want to learn more. But I started to just get momentum with that. And I started performing all over the place because then every time I would book a uh, university, I would then book another like venue place that I would be calling up all the time and getting hung up on. Um, I would call those places because I had a reason now because I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm only in town for a night. I'm performing at this college. I can bring like 30 people to your establishment if you want me to. And I charge X. And next thing you know, people are like, oh, really? Okay. You create leverage. You create value. You know, and it's wow. not just about yourself. You're you're adding value to that establishment now, and then it all just started to click, and I just started to do just le at least over a hundred shows a year. That's amazing. I love the story. And what in the beginning made it so that you wanted to sit in your car and dial on your lunch hour kind of a thing? Like, what made that even worth considering? I just got. I don't. I just have that determination. Just like the hustle factor. I've always been like that. Um, once I get my brain set on something, it's it's mm -hmm. hard to pull me off of it. It's been my most gift and curse, uh, right. I would say, uh, especially sides. especially within a, within a team now. Like, you know, I got uh, employees, we got a team and it's so sometimes I'll be so on something and I got to hear different perspectives and ideas and then they want to change it. And I'm like, but I want it this way. <laughs> but I want it this way, though. Don't take this from me. I remember it's actually uh, Nicole. Um, I've never told this story, but Nicole that was, that is on our team, she – so at first, it would, the, the conference was supposed to be called Market Like an Entertainer Conference. That's what it was supposed to be called, and I was so on it. I was like – and then one day she pulled me in, and she was like, I got an idea to change the name. And I'm like, no, don't do this to me. Don't do this to me. Like, I'm so on this name. I made graphics. I made, like, I'm so pumped on it. 
And she's like, what about like, and she had all these different variations of lead the movement. And she's like, what this is, is a movement where you're leading change, you're innovative, you know, like she just had all these reasons. And I was like, ah, but I like, I've been telling everybody market like an entertainer conference, blah, blah, blah. And long story short, I just, I just, she sold me on it. You know, yeah. it didn't happen immediately. I kind of was like, all right, fine, change it. You know, let's, <laughs> let's, yeah. let's go. But after a while, as I started to explain it, I'm like, yeah, this, this totally makes, this totally makes sense. So I've always just had that, that grit and, um, and I know that's what you got to do to get to the next level. You know, you have to be able to take, you know, a thousand no's to get to that one. Yes. Mm-hmm. I love, first of all, that you did listen to her, even oh, yeah. though, because I do like, I do like the lead the move, like the movement. There's some <laughs> momentum there, right? Yeah, like, yeah. And it's something a person can be a part of, feel like belonging. Yeah. But, but I know how hard it is to give up on an idea. I mean, I go back to my team, and sometimes they want to tell me no, and I told them the answer is not no. I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> you got to give me a, you know, it's yes, but or something. Like, don't right. just tell me straight up no when I have an idea. And they've yeah. learned to, you know, there's different. Um, layers to the no where it's 100%. more like you know let's let's see if this comes up again maybe in another week or so because i have so many ideas if we followed all of them we'd be chasing you know yeah right like re- be crazy yeah and what i've also found is that sometimes visionaries of a company you know like you're so in your hustle hustle but sometimes when the visionaries actually step out it allows the team a chance to breathe things still yeah. happen the the momentum doesn't stop in mm-hmm. fact everything seems to work better because we're not distracting all the time do you find yeah. any of that to be true for you yes yes and I, i'm honestly you know in all transparency i'm still trying to learn mm-hmm. that um you know, just that skill set, you know, of well, because it, it didn't serve you before to have it. If you would have yeah. had that before, right? And now you're in this space where you need to give your team space. Right. And you're like, what do you mean? I mean, the business yeah. has always needed me. Yeah, yeah. And I'm to a point now where I cannot be everywhere. So right. I'm having to build that trust and delegate and make sure that things are done. Um, and actually, my thing now this year, you know, if I. <laughs> I made this new promise to myself that if I say yes to anything, I can't be the one to do it. Wow. So basically that's solid. Somebody else has to execute it. I can't start it. I can't get involved. I can't like I can be I can maybe like just say, hey, here's what I want to do, but it's somebody else has to do it. It forces somebody to to take themselves away from the business a little bit and build that infrastructure. And so that's what I'm been really focused on. Wow, that's um, huge. It's hard though. I mean, I I've have messed up. <laughs> so <laughs> I've been like, oh, let me just let me just a little bit here. Don't take it won't take me long. It won't take me long. I'll do it real quick. Right. You know, but it's it's um it forces an entrepreneur to to uh think more like an actual business owner. Correct. Yeah. You know, than doing everything themselves. And the way that you kind of said that was like, if you say yes to anything, but really what I'm hearing in that is you're going to go back to the team and say, is this something we can take on? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. You have to ask. And, and if they say, yeah, like, let's, let's do it. And if you don't have it in place, then you have to kind of create it, you yeah. know, and, yeah. and put it in place or find somebody to do it. Otherwise you need to say no. Yeah. And I want to talk to about that just even a little bit, because what I found in the past is from an outside perspective, or even from maybe an owner perspective that hasn't really embraced this shift, the initial reaction could be, 
if I take it back to the team, they're going to say no. They're going to say we're busy. They're going to say, you know, no, whatever. They're going to say no. And then my yes, you know, doesn't even exist. It's like it doesn't even happen. But what I found is that the team that we've created around us, they totally see us as a visionary. They see our gifts and strengths. They love what we're doing. They love what we're creating. They're all in on the mission and vision of the company. Mm-hmm. And they often do say yes. And they often yeah. do say, you know what? How are we going to make this happen? Yeah, they often do. I mean, more times than not, they do. Uh, it yeah. always takes a second, though, for them to fully yes. get on board. <laughs> we got to give them that space. You got to give them the idea and then take a vacation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's like, but I also move like, so the, the, the hard part about that is I move very fast. You know, yes. like we're a very nimble, uh, flexible, I would say, um, company. And so because we're, we're just juggling a lot of things. But the speed is like on how we win. And so sometimes we don't have the luxury of taking, you know, a, a vacation and coming back and thinking about something for that long. Right, right, right. It's kind of like, hey, take a day, think about it. Can we do it? Yes, no. But um, usually I got to do a little bit of, you know, kind of selling it to you them. Yeah, sell it. I love it. <laughs> if you lost the sale part, though, I mean, then you really, it'd be like too easy. Yeah. No yeah. challenge. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So what are some of the things that you're most excited about in this next year that you know your team is supporting you in? I mean, the conference, of course. I would not be able to do that thing without right. a team. The The other thing is um, no matter how I like pivot the company, because um, I still feel like we haven't super hit our stride yet. Mm-hmm. And I say that because I do feel like we've taken leaps, but... You've made momentum. You've had yeah, some momentum. I just feel like we haven't hit the vein yet of like where it's just rocketing, they've always been willing to adjust and pivot as mm-hmm. I go through these things, especially with COVID and all that other stuff, like all that wow. stuff. Like yeah. you, you've had, you have to change the model and they've been willing to do it. And not a lot of places have teams that are willing to change and adapt and grow with you. How much yeah. do you think that that's like certain industries, maybe manufacturing or whatever, but honestly, I mean, you used to be in IT. Mm-hmm. I don't think it matters. I don't want to give numbers or percentages, but I think the biggest thing right now is having a team that's nimble and agile because technology is coming out faster than we can learn it. I can't create a training program or an SOP or a manual and it doesn't already need to be changed. (laughs) We we need people that can think. Yeah. Seriously. And actually you just, I mean, you nailed it on the head. That is actually where the world is going. So, and this is actually a very deep conversation. (laughs) I love it. I love it. This is very deep because what's happening now is that, you know, traditionally through hard labor and hard work, you know, things have gotten done. And we trust in that education of the knowledge to do those things especially with technology and AI and things like that that are happening now. And we're only at the, the start. Beginning. Five, 10 years now. I mean, literally, I'm a big comic book uh, fan, but like we are literally going to have the Jarvis, you know, like Iron Man. I mean, it's wow. not even going to be a thing. I could literally have, say, hey, can you build me a business plan before I get home? You know, I'll be there in 10 minutes. That, wow. that business plan will be already written, at least a starting point. Is it going to be a hundred percent polished and everything else? No. No, but, but the rough draft be... is pretty solid. The I mean, rough I'm, a Chad, pretty solid. I'm a Chad GPT junkie, <laughs> and like I used to love Zillow, but no, 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, seriously, it's a game changer when you normally would have to have that kind of stuff. You have to hire somebody. They have to have a certain type of skill level. It costs X amount. So when you're talking about you have to have people that think they have yeah. to be now people need to really hone in on adding that value of critical thinking, you know, problem solving. Mm-hmm. How do you innovate? How do you grow something with more of this, like your thought, yeah. like how are you taking all these pieces and putting that puzzle together and then also rearranging it when you need to. So it's just so important now because there's a lot of people that are going to be left behind, unfortunately, because they're going to have to change this. Just like when, you know, cars came out. I mean, or, I mean, you can think about technology as it grows. There are people that had a full careers. They had full, you know, lives because, you know, farming was everything. And then it started to change. And so this AI stuff is 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 going to be crazy, just like when the internet came out. I mean, it's right. it's the same same thing, but probably like 10 times more impact of what's going to happen. I'm, I'm actually incredibly excited to see I what happens. I am too. So I'm going to be straight up transparent. The original name for this podcast was probably going to be what I wanted it to be was no degree, no problem. (laughs) 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 And uh, we changed it to the business is you, which was more in alignment. You know, I wanted it to be more positive, but I really do believe that there is this huge disservice being done in the education system compared to what business owners are needing when they're trying to hire employees. And it's like, we have to to retrain and help them understand their character and who they are at such high levels. It, it, it was frustrating yes unbelievably flawed right now and the internet and ai and all this stuff like it's only putting so much pressure on the traditional education system but i would say that there are other education platforms that are growing because Mm, of this of the traditional um education system being so stagnant and slow and they're not teaching the right things Cause, but now, like seriously, you, I mean, for a lot of different things, you don't have to go to a traditional four-year college or even or even technical when you got YouTube. I mean, <laughs> it's here, a real thing. I'm seriously. I mean, there's, and then if you want to take it a step further than YouTube and just pay for a, a course or a class mm-hmm. that's like you know five hundred or a thousand bucks that mm-hmm. that that's got it all laid out in mm-hmm. video format and it's exciting and it's engaging and and you're actually hooked on the content. There's workbooks, worksheets, all that stuff. And it's, you know, what, 99% less than going to a traditional college. I mean, it's really putting pressure on what they, what, what's going to happen. And the other side is the, like you talked about the employers, because yes, like, I mean, we've, we've hired people where like, you know, they have full four-year degrees Mm -hmm. coming out of college and they, they don't even know how to hold a camera. Like I'm, I'm I'm not kidding. (laughs) I'm like, they don't know. I wish you were. <laughs> like, I used to hire 40 year degree people so that the other people in the office would gain confidence. We would do it just as summer interns because then everybody else in the office was like, wait, I'm training you on this. And you yeah. literally are coming in with no experience or no even ability to think that was the problem is they wanted us to train them at the level that we don't have training systems built out for. Right. Right. Especially, I mean, yeah, it's tough. (laughs) It's tough. It's, um, 
it's really tough, and it's. It, I do hope that this puts the 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 right amount of pressure on the school system to to adapt and change and for people like for employers to have better success, um, but also for the employees, you know, I mean, it's just giving them a better chance of, and setting them up for success. And I don't think a lot of the systems are, are designed to set mm-hmm. them up for true success, especially after they, they graduate. We found, at least for me again, that there was a lot of anxiety, fear, overwhelm, mm-hmm. doubt. How much are you running into that? A lot, a lot. I mean, um, it's scary, but if you put that trust in yourself, and that's why that's why right. it, it kind of always goes back to unlocking your self awareness. Once right. you do that, and you understand yourself, and I understand you're probably not going to understand that until after 25 years old, unless you're super lucky. I mean, there's even 50, 60 year olds that still haven't understand who they are. But it's once you know who you are and your your confidence and and breaking through fear, wider perspective, like and and having that 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 right work ethic, you can really get pretty far. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of different positions, but it's just about doing that. And I wish the school system helped people unlock that faster. That's I what I hope that they would do. The education's great, you know, to learn certain things, but it's about the, like you said, the character building. It's about who mm-hmm. they are and what you're, what are you giving to the organization, you know, to the world, to society? What are you right. giving? You know, you can't just be like, well, look at me, you know, just give me this for free. It's like, you got to right. work. <laughs> what you said about the different ages, I do some values cards work and like helping people understand what are their core values. And the younger people are, the faster they can find their cards and they just know this is who I am. If they've never done it before, it doesn't matter. The older people are, the more that they feel like they've failed. They literally will say, I think I'm failing. They're like, mm. this is you. First of all, you can't fail. This is not a pass or fail course. Right. This is just us uncovering what your core values are. But the words that come out of their mouth hurt because they just mm. they they're they're not sure who they are, they're not sure what their values are, and they think they failed. Because they're just discovering this stuff. They never asked themselves those questions. Mm-hmm. That's why. And it didn't matter maybe in the previous industries, you know, and how things were, yeah. but today it's just I really believe that what you're saying. So I'm guessing that all of your employees have to read your book. Yeah. I mean, it's, I <laughs> do give the book. Um, I also, I also really, you know, promote taking the disc assessment yes. um, or Myers-Briggs or, you know, one of those. Um, I know I took a certification for, for disc and it's, it, when I discovered disc that it changed my life to be honest. Mine too. I, I was, you know, I was like, wow, I actually know how to articulate this and communicate with, you know, with others. And I know how I am. So it just helped me understand. So like everybody I talk to, I kind of like slowly totally in the box. People know, know, I I get roasted all the time. It's like, oh, wait, personality assessment. I think I know which one you are. You know, I know you're an I, I don't have to ask. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a DI just to help you get there faster. A DI? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I'm actually a high D, low I. Okay, then we're the same. Yeah, yeah, I'm a high D, low I, um, and I'm naturally actually introverted. Um, That's I just very know to, interesting. I know. So, how what's to your Myers Briggs? Um, what was it? I actually haven't taken. That Are you an one, INFJ? Though. Yes. Ah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, I have to take that over again though, because mm-hmm. I feel I do feel like over time, 
Um, there are things that recast. shift or can shift. Yeah. yeah. Oftentimes, like I found I'm an ENTJ and I found that my lockdown mode is slightly different. Like, I, okay. you know, if I'm not in a good place, <laughs> it might look different, but, um, those things are beautiful. They've changed my life, knowing how to communicate yeah. with others and how others want to be communicated to. So technically as yeah. a high D, our gift is to empower others. Yeah. And I used to identify as an enabler. Actually, no, I didn't identify as an enabler. I identified as a problem solver, mm -hmm. AKA enabler. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, <right? laughs> enabler. Yeah. And, and so how, how can I, as a high D step into my gift, which is empowering others? Well, I can't, I can't be operating out of fear. If I'm right. operating out of fear, then I'm going to be angry. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid I'm not getting results and I'm just going to be like, move over. Yeah. Yeah. Move <laughs> over. Yeah. Let me take over. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's very eye opening, very eye opening. And I think, you know, the empowering others is what, yeah. And that's kind of what, um, what I'm uh, juggling right now is, right. is the empowering others, which I love to do. But then sometimes I'm just like, all right, let me just, let me Move just do over. it. I know. <laughs> and it's, I know. It's, it's, it's tough. I mean, I feel like a lot of, I, I do feel like a lot of business owners have that mm -hmm. issue though, as they're growing and scaling their company, because you know, mm -hmm. when you're <laughs> right around that, what is it? Uh, well, from one person to, I think it's like 20 or 30, people that's when the, it's like the hardest to just like slowly like remove yourself and just have this yes. thing like moving like a machine it's tough yeah. it's totally tough and space and grace for it when you're in it and in the middle of it and major kudos to you so i've been hiring people since i was 18 and i've been working in industries where i wasn't able to be the technician. I wasn't the technician. I had a very oh. different starting point because my parents had been in family business. And so <clears> they <throat> had one of those ideas. It was like a yes moment for the business owner where he was like, yes, let's do this. And, you know, asked me, Hey, do you want to be the one to run it? And I said, yes, even though it's not actually my gift and strength. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up having to hire people right away. So I've had a very different wow. entrepreneurial journey in that way that it's been rare that I'm the technician having to take myself out, you know? Wow. So you had, yeah. so you're, you're saying your first opportunity, yeah. you had to hire people because it was a furniture. I think, I don't think my parents wanted me to hire someone. I think they wanted me to do it myself, but the problem was, is they started a design firm and I don't know interior design. <laughs> so it was a little <laughs> bit of an issue. Like wow. I'm, I was more of an accountant bookkeeper. I didn't have, you know, sales background wow. and furniture retail design. Yeah. That's crazy. Cause like, yeah, that's, that's super hard. I mean, you, you necessarily don't have to know, but just hiring people is actually extremely um, difficult when you're, so how old were you? Were you? So I was 18 and oh my God. I know, I know. And the thing is, is I thought that since I was a nice person and that I was yes. doing a good job and she was doing a good job, we could work well together. But this is where like for the first couple of years we really did. And then when she wasn't there and I had to hire again, that's when everything, that's when I fell oh. flat on my face. The first marriage, you could say the first partnership was yeah. so good yeah. that I didn't know I hadn't developed the leadership skills that I needed. I didn't. What it was like with somebody oh. else that, yes. Yeah.
So I got I got the College of Hard Knocks, but it was after having this amazing experience and then not being able to figure out what I did wrong because I had never developed as a leader. Oh, blah. yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's but incredible. I, I really do want to hold space for those that are navigating from a job that you, not a job that's a J-O-B, a job as an entrepreneur, right? When yeah. you're the person doing the day in and day out, and then you go to a business where you have to create systems yeah. and then you have to take yourself out. Yeah. That is a huge, <laughs> like a real struggle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's tough, but it's, you know, I'm starting to see some, you know, it's rewarding when it does happen and when it's yeah. clicking. And that for me is that's when it's, it's, uh, I know it's, it's, it's working and it's going in a positive direction. There's still a lot to do, but also it forces me too as an entrepreneur is another thing that mm -hmm. I'm focusing on. So who knows, maybe if somebody listens to this, you know, three years from now where I'm going to be, what I'm maybe doing, yeah. but you know, it for, forces me to actually, to really hone in on our focus of what I actually want to be doing because mm -hmm. I've learned that I can do a lot of things. I can spin up a lot of things. I'm, I'm a creator. I can spin this stuff up. The problem is like, you got to have somebody take care of your babies. You know, if yeah. you keep making babies and put them out there. <laughs> You gotta have somebody take care of your it. babies, you know. You know, like who? What, what's was the? Uh, totally true. Oh what, man, who are the adults in the, <laughs> taking care of the baby? So, so that's basically what's happening now. Is I've created all these things, yeah, and we still like don't have a truly enough staff to mm -hmm. take care of each area of business in the way that I would like it to be, yeah. which then forces me to say okay, what do we need to cut then? Unfortunately, mm. you know, like maybe we should press pause on this. Yeah. Like, Hey, good idea. Just timing's not right. Yeah. So it hurts me. Cause like I'm attached to it. You know, mm -hmm. I don't want to like, Oh, my baby. <laughs> no, but I'm, I, I, I'm here with you. We had in family business, my dad was a serial entrepreneur. So the furniture store was not the best investment and it was the baby that should have gone out right oh, away <laughs> and didn't. Oh, no. Yeah. So we, yeah. I mean, think about it. it. And and he didn't just pick industries that were all in the same lane, but in marketing, in any business under these umbrellas, we can create multiple lanes of income, multiple yes. lanes of businesses. And if we're visionaries and creators, it's easy. We're starters, like bring it on. So let's start something yeah. new. And so it's really, I mean, you're talking about some growth opportunities and some growth opportunities for yourself. And as yeah. entrepreneurs, often we learn to step into those. And so, yeah, yeah I'm excited to see where you are three years from now and what <laughs> you've too. been able to say no to. <laughs> I'm like, man, I need to say no more and I need yeah. to hone in on the focus um, until I build it up to a certain point where, you know, I can add on, you know, mm -hmm. th those things. But uh, it's just about being in that creative genius and just being in that lane and just driving it all the way home because then you can duplicate it. It's scalable. Exactly. Um, you know, it's, it's not scalable when you're so, so spread thin. Um, yeah. That's when it's a little tough. I love the conversation. Thank you so much for being, being vulnerable. And yeah, the question that I love to ask is, is there anything else that you feel has been left unsaid or that you'd love to express? Yeah. I mean, at least what's, what's on my mind right now is that, you know, you gotta, if you're an entrepreneur and you're, or you're, or you're running um, a company or you're a leader of people, just give yourself a little bit of grace. Mm -hmm. I would say, um, like, 
especially an entrepreneur and there's a lot of leaders, you're always you're always supposed to have the answers for everything. And it's uh it just weighs on you. It weighs like it's like heavy, heavy weights, and it's um it's something that you do have to take a step back and just you know, breathe and just give yourself a little bit of grace and be like, look, you're doing the best job that you possibly can with the knowledge and resources and time that you have. So if you're listening to this, just give yourself a little bit of grace, you know, take that step back because it's, it's tough. <laughs> it's tough, it's tough <laughs> to lead. It's tough to lead and, and to be looked at as like, you should know the answers, Jamar. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm also still figuring it out. <laughs> I way, used to look yeah, at my dad. Like that, <laughs> yes, I used to look at my dad and be like, well, you've had, you know, 20 more years in business before I got here, you know, and he would just be yeah. like, I don't know the answer to this. <laughs> and I was always annoyed. Like he was, you know, hiding something from me. But yeah. I think I think the important lesson that I've learned, because for years I was more of the implementer, you know, like because mm-hmm. I had had those opportunities in a different way. Um, he was more the visionary and the investor in the, in the concepts. And so... Now being the visionary for myself, I am so frustrated how often I lose the vision and Mm. lose the clarity. And like as an implementer, I didn't have the up and down that I do as the visionary because it was like you give me one nugget, like you're giving your team one nugget. They get the vision and they're on it like a dog with a bone. And they're there. Yeah. And and I'm the one that's still confused. Where are we going? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Why am I the one that's confused and my team knows where we're going? Like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's a real thing. It's a real thing. Yeah, it's uh but it's all part of growth. It's all part of growth and and learning and but yeah, that's that that would be the last thing that uh That's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you so much. And I've enjoyed our conversation. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you.